Jesus, a big hand clap in this house right here. Somebody praise him in the house. <laughs> oh, let's give a big God bless you to our worship team here. They're absolutely awesome. Fantastic. That's not a clap. That's not, not a Give a clap. Give a God bless you. Man, it's good to be home. I love being home. I couldn't do what I do without knowing I have a home. Thank you, Jesus. Can I just look at you for a second? I do this like, uh, my God, for some of you who don't know me, I used to come here <laughs> for 25 years. And... Uh, Aunt Dave and Faye doing the most awesome job here. I mean, I mean, you know, it's very rare. It's very rare when, when you transition a church. It's very rare to have the relationship like me and Dave have. It's very rare as I travel the country. And uh, he is a true son in the gospel. Paul wrote to Timothy and realized I have nobody with like mind. And uh, I can say that, Pastor Dave, no one of like mind. And uh, we talk a lot on the phone. I know what's going on here. And it's all good stuff. But as I travel the world now, uh, it's just an awesome privilege uh, to carry out the mandate that's upon my life right now, that of an abolitionist, 
setting people free from slavery. And that can only be done by preaching the gospel of the grace of God. It's not done by talent. It's not done by good looks, although, you know, uh, shut it. It's, uh, I don't work out. This is just natural. Anyway, so, uh, uh, and as I travel around, like uh, next week, I go to South Africa for three weeks. Have the privilege of probably ministering face-to-face to about 80,000 people. There's something amazing happening in Africa, but I tell you, as I've been traveling around Europe, um, the, the greatest revival this world is ever seeing, because it's not going to happen, it, it, it is already stirring in, right across Europe. And I honestly believe that the King's Church Newport is a key factor and a key part in the army that God is raising up in Europe. Can I hear a big amen here? Let's give Jesus a big hand clap right here. Uh, before I, I pastored the church here, for seven years, um, I traveled as a youth evangelist uh, across um, the UK and Ireland. And, um, and there was a mandate on my life then as an evangelist. See, an evangelist is not just raised up by God to, to gather in the harvest, but the evangelist, the gift of the evangelist, is a ministry gift also to the church. There are five ministry gifts, pastor, prophet, apostle, uh, evangelist, teacher, and um, they, they, they are all uh, meant to minister to the church, to equip the church to fulfill her calling. And an evangelistic gift in the church um, is a powerful tool to equip people. And when I was functioning purely as an evangelist, God gave me a mandate on my life, not just to win the lost, but also to bless the church. And uh, he said to me, Ray, when you minister in the church, I'm going to anoint you to minister hope to fallen trees, people who have given up. And this is the scripture he gave me in Job 14, for there is hope for a tree if it is cut down. Some of you feel you've been cut down in some way. That it will sprout again and that its tender shoots will not cease. Look at this. This is how some of you feel. Though its roots may grow old in the earth and its stump may die in the ground, that is a picture of no hope of recovery. Well, with God, nothing is impossible. Look at this, verse, uh, verse 9. Yet at the scent of water, it will bud and bring forth branches like a plant. The church used to be a place where guilty people would come to listen to a guilty preacher tell them how to feel more guilty. Thank God, because of the gospel of the grace of God, that is changing all over Europe. Now stay with me. Because some of you may be like a fallen tree and your roots have grown old in the ground. There's no sustenance coming into your life. You feel bland. Your life is like a dialing tone. You feel like you're giving up. There's no hope. No, listen, you're going to smell some water this morning. You're going to smell something that will revive you and restore you. He said, uh, I'm going to uh, use you to bring strength for bruised reeds. Isaiah 42, a bruised reed he will not break. Imagine walking through a field and you see a, a piece of grass or a, a piece of like corn and it's just broken, ready to be, ready to be snapped. Jesus said, I, I will tenderly care for that and, and restore it. I, 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 will, I, I will minister strength to bruised reeds. Some of you have been bruised by life. Well, there's Jesus is here to bring you strength this morning. He said, I'm going to raise you up um, uh, to encourage dying flames. In the same scripture, Isaiah 42, 3, a smoking flax he will not quench. Picture a candle and it's just about to go out. And that's how some of you feel. It seems like the light is just to go out. And some people, they will look at a, a dying candle and just say, well, blow it out. Let's use another one. Not Jesus. Come on, somebody. Not Jesus. 
Now, he'll come, some of you feel like that. You feel like a smoking flax where the light is just about to go out. And other people are saying, no hope, finished. Just let it die. Now, Jesus is now. He, he'll come this morning and he'll start to blow on that dying ember. He'll start to breathe on your dying life. And he will say, come on, man. Though others reject you, I'm going to revive you. Somebody better get excited here because I'm getting excited right here. And this morning, this morning, this is the, the message God placed upon my heart. Um, are you ready for the word, by the way? <laughs> Listen. He says, I'm going to raise you up. This mandate, you see, this mandate is still on my life. God doesn't give you a mandate for a certain season and then say, well, that's finished now. No, he adds to it. And he says, I'm going to, I'm going to use you right through the gospel to bring restoration for burnt stones. Nehemiah chapter 4, watch this. And so it happened when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and indignant and he mocked the Jews. Satan has been mocking this house for 26 years. But you know what? That stuff... He, will, he, has, he has built gallows for this house many times and every single time he's had to hang on his own gallows because what God has started, he will bring to completion. Restoration for burnt stones. And Nehemiah says, and he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and he said, what are these feeble Newport people doing here? And even worse, some of them are even from the valleys. What are these feeble people? This is Sanballat, the enemy. Nehemiah was called to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And Sanballat, who was a type of the devil, stood there and mocked them. You bunch of wazzocks. I mean, you know, I, I, Satan has stood here for 26 years and laughed and mocked at the material God is using. To rebuild the walls here. And I'm the biggest joke amongst everybody. I want to tell you something. What God has started in your life, He will bring to completion. I don't care how much the devil laughs at you. If you're going to give Jesus a clap, you better give Him a big clap because I'm flipping. I, I'm, I'm pumped here. I'm really pumped here. <coughs> What are these feeble Newport people? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they, will they complete this in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish? Stones that have been burnt. Nehemiah had a mandate from God, go back to Jerusalem and rebuild those walls. So Nehemiah was walking amongst the the walls and all he saw was rubbish, charred pieces of wood, stones that were burnt, just a pile of rubbish. And he says, yeah, God, I'll, I'll rebuild the walls. Okay, I'll go down to Egypt now and I'll get some lovely new marble blocks. And uh, I know some people in Lebanon uh, and they've got some great cedar forests there. So we'll send, uh, God says, no, Nehemiah. And Nehemiah said, well, what am I going to build with? He says, you're looking at it. I said, what? He said, what? Yeah, you're going to rebuild the walls with my help, with this rubbish, with these burnt stones. Ha! Man! And you know what? When I, 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 I look at this, I think, this is amazing. It's as if Jesus is attracted to the hopeless. It's as if Jesus is attracted to the forgotten. The abused. The failed. The rejected. The discouraged. Life that's just about to go out. The disqualified. It's as if you know what? There's some fallen trees here. There's some 
that there's some fallen trees in need of hope. There's some bruised reeds in need of strength. There's some dying flames in need of encouragement. And there are particularly some burnt stones that are in, that are in need of uh, restoration and acceptance. Am I talking to the right people here? And there are many people, listen to me carefully, there is an amazing plan of God for Europe and every single person is needed. Many are here because, uh, uh, you know, you're here and you look at your Christian life and you look at your faithfulness to Jesus and it's in and out and up and down and rubbish and good and rubbish and bad and bad from worse. And, and you look at your life and you think, my God, why can't I, why can't I be like so and so? Why can't I be as holy as them? Why can't I? You look at your performance as a Christian and you say, well, I'll just have... I'll just have to settle for plan B. That's great, isn't it? Getting up in the morning and thinking, oh, can't wait to fulfill plan B in my life. If that's the case, I'm on plan W, fifth alphabet. (laughs) Nehemiah was commanded by God to rebuild the walls with burnt stones and pastors and evangelists and teachers and prophets and apostles all over the world are hearing the same command from Ecclesiastes 3 verse 5 there is a time to cast away stones and there is a time to gather stones and I declare to you that Jesus is gathering stones they may be burnt and forgotten and rejected and smashed upon and broken apart but this is the material that Jesus is using to build this house come on somebody you better say amen here and some of you some of you this morning you've been disqualifying yourself God has not disqualified you but because of a pointing finger because of a guilty conscience do you know what do you know that's why religion works religion works because two elements are in place a displeased deity and a guilty conscience You get those two working, and I'm telling you, that's why religion thrives. Religion died on the cross 2,000 years ago. Jesus' blood satisfied the righteousness of God, destroyed the devil, and cleansed our conscience. Come on, somebody say amen right here. Now, some of you have been disqualified. Now, being used by God because you're a burnt stone, bur- burnt by abuse and rejection and failure. And you think, man, God can use everybody else but me. I hardly ever go to church. Or I don't do this or I don't do that. I'm telling you something. Do you know what? There's a Jesus used the parable, right? And, and he says, all these workmen turned up for work at nine o'clock. And five to five, this, 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 drunk turns up and he says I'm sorry I couldn't turn up this morning uh, but uh, can I start work he worked for five minutes and the, the owner the boss paid the guy the same money as the guys that had worked from nine to five to five and they went nuts you can't do that hey listen grace is absolutely, totally unfair. God says, I'm going to bless who I want to bless. Shut your gob. He's having the same money as you. Come on, somebody. We serve a God. We don't, we don't understand it, man. If you, if you can understand the grace of God, you don't, you've not experienced it. No, you think, I'm so, I'm imperfect, I can't, God won't answer my prayer. Listen, let me, let me tell you something. You know, Jesus, you, you, you want to check out Jesus' family tree? What? You know, I went online to do those ancestry things. I, th- I think my family come from pirates from Penzance or something, I don't know. But I, it cost too much money, I didn't go there. You know, they catch you, don't they? they give it a little bit of a taste, huh? And uh, God knows, I think I got some brothers somewhere in Hong Kong selling newspapers. I really don't know. My father was a sailor. Anyway, listen, so, so you check out, you check out, you look at your history. You want to check out Jesus' family tree? Man, 
He came into the, into the world through a line of immoral, imperfect people. As God walked through history with us and his plan, he had to work with cowardly Abraham, who was happy to prostitute his wife to save his skin. <laughs> he chose to work with drunken Noah, the con man Jacob, the murderer Moses. Let's not talk about David, shall we? And Solomon, Solomon, who makes Hugh Hefner look like St. Francis of Assisi. Come on, somebody. <laughs> These are the people. This is Jesus' family tree. And on top of it all, he comes to earth having a mother who everybody thinks is a slut. Check it out. And he had a dad, and they think he is the brilliance of a five-watt light bulb for believing her. Oh, God impregnated me. Oh, I believe, all right. No, Joseph, are you still here? We read the Bible as if there's some halo around it. No, God worked out his plan through imperfect people. And what about this? On top of that is cousin. Check out Jesus' cousin. You wouldn't want a cousin like that coming for dinner. He lives in the desert eating health food. Wearing sacks. And he's Jesus' PR guy. Announcing his coming. Come on, so are you beginning to get this here? Any God that wants to protect his holiness would never hang out that dirty washing on the line. Yet in spite of a long line of human failure, he still fulfilled plan A to rescue the human race from itself. <coughs> God is fulfilling his plan by using a whole bunch of burnt stones like us. And he's still doing it. You know what? Even Jesus himself, <coughs> who is the cornerstone of the church, is a burnt stone. First Peter chapter 2 says, Come into him as to a living stone. Watch this. Rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God. I would rather be rejected by men and chosen by God than chosen by men and rejected by God. Because if God is for you, who then can be against you? Come on, somebody, say amen here. And some of you know the sting of rejection and it smashed your heart in a million different pieces. But at the end of the day, Jesus understands what that feels like. And I tell you, you've stuck, you've stuck with your love of Jesus. You've stuck with your faith in Jesus. And I tell you, man, you may be burnt by rejection, rejected by men, but I declare to you this morning, you have been chosen by God, and that's enough to make you dance in the rain and sing in the storm. Come on, somebody, we need to praise him. Give the Lord a big praise right here. And it says, you also, you also, it doesn't just say chosen by God, it says and precious. You're not a burnt stone to God, you're a diamond. You're not a piece of rubbish to God, you're a, you're a, you're a, a, a precious stone. <coughs> Wonderful Jesus. And you also, like living stones, are being built up a spiritual house. Fantastic. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. I'm looking at some burnt stones. I'm looking at people who have been burnt by abuse and rejection and failure. But you know what? Suck it up. God's got no other material to build this house with. So settle it right now. Stop looking in the mirror and looking at your imperfections. No, man. There's only one mirror I look at, and that's the Word of God. And when, and when God looks at His Son, Jesus... He says, I'm satisfied. And the Bible says, we are in Christ seated at the right hand of the Father. Man, I've got no time for religious crap, to be honest with you. I ain't. 
And I meet it as I travel around the place and this anointing on my life as an abolitionist. I, I, got, I got nothing to lose. At my age, you got nothing to lose. You really don't give a... F you don't. No, you don't. I can think of a 16 adjectives, but I'm not going to... I, I really don't. Because it's, it, 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 time is too short to mess around with judgmental, pharisaical, finger-pointing... They should shoot them all and go to heaven out the way. Get out of our face. Come on, somebody say amen here. That's why you're going to see queues of people queuing up to come in here. Because this is a house of mercy. This, this place is for sinners only. Don't ever point your finger at somebody else's failure. Because there's four pointing back at you. We're all a bunch of burnt stones, messed up, trying our best and trusting the grace of God to do His work in our lives. You know, some of you this morning, come on, let's be honest, some of you this morning had an absolute flipping, ripping argument with your spouse. You want to kill him now? You want to kill him? You're sitting here and, and uh, something has happened this morning, riled you up, and you feel angry, and you feel, and then you, and then you hear in the house of the Lord, and you think, this is no. Now you feel guilty. No, you just come as you are. God accepts you as you are. You know. <laughs> anyway, I can hear all these conversations going on before you came to church. I'm not going there. But it makes no difference. There's only one conversation you need to hear. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Nothing can separate you from my love, says God. Even your bad behavior. Come on, you need to give God praise in this house, man. Nothing! Do you know, one of my favorite, one of my favorite burned stones in the whole Bible is Moses. Oh, I look at Moses. And, you know, we look at Charlton Heston and we think, whoa, you know, what a, what, God chose this amazing... Moses, at times, was a right plonker. I mean, I look at his life and I, I see how God can recycle someone who thinks they're going to live with plan B. Grace recycles. I, I look at Moses and I... And I, I the first thing I, look, I, I learn about Moses is this... Christianity would be very easy if it wasn't for our humanity. Wouldn't it be great if we didn't get angry and wanted to kill somebody? Wouldn't it be great if we didn't get jealous? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we didn't want revenge? Come on, somebody, talk to me. It would be wonderful, but we get this stuff. Because, hey, listen... You know, don't deny it. Just realize the treasure of God dwells in an earthen vessel. And God's method to heal this world is the same thing that he did to heal a blind man. He spat in the dirt, made the mud, applied it to the blind man, and he saw. Listen, here it is. This is God's, this is God's plan, <laughs> you know, in a nutshell. Our dirt, his spit, makes the mud that heals the world. Fantastic. Fantastic. The church is full of problems. Not here. <laughs> you know why the church is full of problems? Because it's full of problem people. Have you ever wondered? Have you ever just wanted like for a week just or a year just to go and live in an island on your own? There's a lot of wives answering me here. <laughs> Well, David felt like that. He said, if only I was I had wings. How many of us have laid at night in bed and all the stuff is crashing in upon us and we just say, if only I had wings. David said it. If only I had wings, I'd be off. I'd leave this place. I'd be down a barrio somewhere. I'd just fly away to tropical Puthcall. I'd be there. No. Oh, Moses. Now the church is full of problem people because it's full of problem people. Everyone in it is a sinner saved by grace. 
But nonetheless, we are influenced by our unredeemed human flesh. I love this. The church is the only society in the world in which the membership is based on one single qualification. You're unworthy of membership. Oh, I love it. Look at Moses, Acts 24. It says, And the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and be here, and I will give you tablets of stone. Take them three times a day, but be careful when you pass them in the morning because they're made of granite. No, that's not in there. Watch this. And I will give you tablets of stone and the law and the commandments which I have written that you may teach them. So Moses arose with his assistant, Joshua. And why do they like cut the word of halfway through in the line? Like, you know when you read it. So Moses arose with his assistant, Joshua, and Moses went up to the mountain of God. Now here's, watch this now, okay? So God now had prepared this man for 80 years. I mean, it's pretty cool, isn't it? 80 years of preparation for this moment. God spent 80 years, 40 years as Pharaoh's son in Egypt, 40 years in the wilderness. Now he's ready. Huh. He was in God's presence 40 days and 40 nights. I mean, nobody in planet Earth has had a worship service like that. I mean, I've been in some worship services, but Moses was on his own. The worship leader was God. It was God, Moses, and for 40 days and nights, he didn't need any food. He, he, didn't, he didn't want anything. He was in the literal, in the presence of God and then God entrusted him with something that Indiana Jones would die for. The original tablets of stone, the Ten Commandments, cut by God, written on by the finger of God, unique, one of a kind, precious, entrusted to a well-prepared leader, surely they would be safe. <laughs> I love it. Oh, we'll find out how safe they were now. Uh, <laughs> Exodus 32. And Moses turned and he went down from the mountain and the two tablets of the testimony were in his hand. The tablets were written on both sides. On the one side, on the other side they were written. Now the tablets were the work of God and the writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. Man. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, there's a noise of war in the camp. But he said, no, it's not the noise of the shout of victory, nor the shout noise of the cry of defeat, but the sound of singing Abba hits that I hear. That was a joke, but it didn't go down very well. So, so, so watch this now. This is Moses prepared for 80 years, entrusted with the most precious thing God could give him. And he's coming down the mountain, and, and, and they're having a rave down there around this golden calf. Watch this. So it was, as soon as Moses came near the camp, and he saw the calf for the dancing. So Moses' anger became hot. Remember what I'm trying to say here? Christianity would be easy if it wasn't for our humanity. Moses' anger became hot. In other words, he was miffed now. Watch. And he cast the tablets out of his hands and broke them. Moses, God spent 80 years preparing you for this. And he broke them at the foot of the mountain. Yeah. Oh, there you go. If I was Moses, I would say, oh, that's the end of me now. Joshua will take over now. However justified Moses was in one moment of undisciplined emotion, he broke something entrusted to him by God. Hey, listen, man. Why are you beating yourself up? We've all broken the Ten Commandments, but not all of them at the same time. That was a joke as well, but that didn't go down very well, did it? <laughs> he just broke them. After, uh, thank you. After 80s. Honestly, God, if the kids understand it, what's wrong with you, Lord? 
After 80 years, after 80 years of, somebody just pinched that kid, I think that's what happened. After 80 years of preparation, 40 days in the very presence of God, because of his humanity, he still had the potential to blow it. And the cry goes up from the hearts of some of you here this morning, how could I have messed up and break something that God entrusted to me after all he's invested in me? After all the times he's loved me when I've not loved him. After all the times I've been unfaithful to him when he's always been. How could I have done such a stupid thing? And that's where some of you are. And you think, well, God will use somebody else now. It's plan B. Now watch this now. Are you still with me this morning here? Watch this. The law of consequence should never be confused with the judgment of God. When we sin, when we make a mistake, when we make stupid decisions, listen, we all know, we don't need to be preached at, we all know there are consequences that come because of that. Story of our lives. But watch this. But very often, when something goes wrong, when we make a bad decision or sin, and we reap in the consequences, the first thing we do is look at ourselves. We beat ourselves up. That's it. I tried my best, and now God's going to probably use somebody else. No, God recycled Moses. God didn't have plan B for Moses. It was always plan A. If you're still with me, say amen. Look at this. How do you get recycled? Follow Moses' example. First of all, Moses accepted responsibility for his actions. He didn't live in denial. You see, when you live under the grace of God, you haven't got to hide when you live under the grace of God, you haven't got to lie to God. When you live under the grace of God, you haven't got to try and... No, God knows it. He knows the worst about you. Watch this. Exodus 34 verse 1. I love this. So the Lord said to Moses, He didn't say, I finished with you. He said, Moses, cut two tablets of stone like the first ones. And I will write on these tablets the words that were on the first tablets, which you broke. I love that. I know. Yeah, you, who broke them, Moses? No, who broke them? And watch this. And God says, I'm not going to cut the second set. You're going to cut them. You see, there are consequences. Come on, somebody say him. I don't know how Moses cut them with his teeth. There was no black and deckers. I don't know how he done it. I really don't know how he done it. But he had to, it must have taken him ages to cut out another two tablets. Now stay with This is so powerful. Moses could have blamed God for choosing him. Well, God, I told you at the bush, didn't I? I, I was there, I told you I was useless, told you I couldn't speak. Your fault, like, for choosing me. He could have blamed the people for provoking him. But Moses just walked through the consequences. He accepted the consequences. I love this. I love this. Exodus 34, verse 2. So be ready in the morning, Moses, and come up on the mountain to Mount Sinai and present yourself to me. I mean, he's thinking it's going to be flipping zapped and finished. And no man shall come up with you and let no man be seen Throughout all the mountain, let neither flocks nor herds feed. Do you know the difference between religious people and God? He says, don't let anybody come out. Let, I'm going to deal with this with you in private. I'm not going to broadcast this. I'm not going to put it on Instagram. I'm not going to tweet, tweet, tweet. I'm not going to smash and grab. What's that new one out? Smashed up. What? Shut it. Hey, head down, do your work. Right. Yeah, snip chip. Right. None of that. There was none of that around. There was none of that. God says, you know what, Moses? Well, I'm going to deal with you. Aren't you glad that next Sunday, starting with Pastor Dave, God's not going to put up on the screen every thought that went through your mind last week? Come on, somebody say amen right here. The grace of God covers you. His love protects you. 
Come on, let's deal with this alone, Moses. Man, powerful. And he says, come up here. And so he cut two tablets of stone like the first ones. And Moses rose early and he went up. Man, listen, he came down the mountain like, you know, I'm the man, like flipping 50 cents. Anyway, so he, was, he came down, I'm the man. When, when, he, when he started to walk through consequences, he, he went up the mountain a little bit different than when he came down. He had this, and he says, oof, watch out and step very careful. You see, listen to me, this, 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 is, this is so powerful. Walking through consequences of our actions is a wonderful teacher. It produces gratitude and responsibility. With every sin, with every failure, every bad decision, there are consequences. Watch this now. Accept them. Learn from them. Use them. But never, ever be condemned by them. There is now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. And then the hardest thing that Moses had to do was accept God's mercy. I'm nearly through when we're going to pray. The hardest thing we've got to do when we know we've messed up, when we beat ourselves up, when we disqualify ourselves, when we think God's going to use somebody else, the hardest thing we have to do is actually accept the mercy of God. It's very hard. We would rather repent on the floor till the snot fills the carpet and you're down there for three hours and and, and everybody can see, look how much I'm repenting. How long have you got to be down there? H- how long do you know you've got to repent before? It's not biblical. I, 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 repentance simply means a change of thinking. And you start to think differently. Man. And then God comes and says to Moses... In Exodus 34, now the Lord descended in the cloud. Oh, man, there's Moses standing there shaking in his boots. He's got, he's got the two tablets of stone right here, and God comes down. <laughs> he's thinking, I'm going to be a pile of dust in just about 30 seconds right here. He's going to flip in laser me. Moses, and the Lord descended in the cloud, watch this, and stood with him there. Not against him, there. He stood with him there. This failure, this burnt stone. He stood with him there. And he proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and said, I am the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. Moses did not expect that. Come on, aren't you you glad for the grace of God and the mercy of God that doesn't give us what we deserve? And let me just wind this up. Have you received the word of God this morning, everybody? Let me wind this up. Listen, God's got no plan B for you. It's always been plan A. Exodus 34, last scripture. Exodus 34, verse 1. And the Lord said to Moses, cut two tablets of stone, like the first ones, and I will write on these tablets the words that were on the first tablets, which you broke. Moses Let's go again. I'm going to write the first, the words that were on the first tablets on the second set. Because as far as I'm concerned, your failure has not changed my plan for your life. Come on, you need to give God praise in this place. I'm going to finish with this, uh, and then I'm going to pray. I really sense a, a spirit of restoration in this house today. Um, <clears throat> I remember some time ago, we went as a family on holiday to uh, Cyprus. And uh, I think Stian was only like, I don't know, 12, Moritz was 16. And uh, we all went. And so Stian said, I want to go scuba diving. So I said, Really? I said, he said, will you come with me? So Morit said, okay, I'm coming too. So I took Morit and Stian down to, to the place where they do the scuba diving. Anybody ever gone scuba diving? And he's still alive? 
Well, well, so I go down there and we go in this room, right? And then they, they actually basically tell you seven ways you can die. They call it instruction. And uh, like they said, like they, they, you have to fill out all this list. Are there any like heart disease in your family or anything? I'm thinking, Mike, I'm actually shaking. I am, I am putting nothing on yet. I'm absolutely terrified. It's that's when I realized that fear was more than a smell. It was, sorry, I said that wrong. That's, that's, that's when I realized fear was more than a feeling. It was also a smell. That's what I wanted to say. Anyway, so I got this whole list. So they said, okay. So they, 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 they tell you about the weights and the button you've got to press to deflate yourself and everything. She said, don't worry, because we're already going to the harbor. Oh, that's fine. So we go down to the harbor. It's like, uh, like, like six foot of water. So we're all there together, Moritz and Stian, and all the group that were there were holding hands. And I knew I was in trouble when even in six foot of water, <laughs> they said to hold the hands. And then Moritz and Stian said, we saw somebody drifting off. Into the, into the blackness of the, sixth, of the water. It was me. I, I couldn't even hold hands. I couldn't even do that. So anyway, so we, we got through it, right? We got through it. So we went back on shore, and they said, look, this afternoon, we're going on another dive. Stian, all right, all right, let's go, please, can we go? I said, yeah, well, I thought, you know, because I, I thought it was just a harbor thing. So, okay. So we got all ready, uh, all the stuff on, and uh, I was a bit hungry, so I had a, a cheeseburger, a real big cheeseburger. So we get to the thing and we get all the stuff on and we carry it down to the boat. And we get on this boat and we start sailing out into the yonder. I thought, where's the harbor? I thought we'd gone on the harbor. And uh, we were going out, we were going out into the ocean and they were explaining to us on the, on the ship as we were, and it was like one of those barrel ships barrel bottomed well you don't go like this when you say that you go you, you go like this on the way out well I, I got man I went on the magic cottage in Puthcall do you know what I know why I know why they got a toilet opposite the magic cottage in Puthcall have you been in a magic cottage in Puthcall I mean you sit there and the whole flipping thing turns around and you get all and I'm, I'm in the toilet there's a queue in there after magic cottage so I've got the magic cottage thing going on motion sickness uh, I said I'm thinking I shouldn't have had a cheeseburger <laughs> so I said I actually said now watch this there was one sort of instructor to four people by the time we got to the dive there was one instructor for me on my own <laughs> and see ya because I'm asking him I'm asking a question like well uh, uh, if I'm if I vomit un underneath there you know, will I kill myself? No, no, just vomit proof and all this stuff, right? Okay, whatever. I don't know how that worked. So anyway, we got out there, right? We got out there, and I'm so I'm I'm feeling a little bit, you know, sort of stuff. So then, every all the instructors jump in the water, and my instructor, and they've given me all the instructions now, right? But you know when like you panic, and you like forget the instructions. Well, <laughs> so. Anyway, so this, the first instruction was, when you stand up the end, the end of the boat, don't you jump out. Look at, the look at the horizon, right? So I go there, the goggles, all you can hear is this. You can't hear nothing else, just that. Your own panic in breath. Put the glasses on, right? The glasses on. And I get, so you can't speak. So it's all sign language. So the guy is in the water doing this, right? And, and I forget, and I'm panicking. I'm panicking. So I, I thought, I forget, jump out. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking like of, uh, you know, Jack Cousteau and all them flipping things in my head. I'm thinking, you know, like when they jump out of the boat and they go like that. I don't know why they do that. You know when they, you know what I'm talking about? They go, like that with their feet. Well, I thought, I've got to do that. Right? 
So I jumped up like that. I came down and the, and the air tanks hit the edge of the boat. So it was like this, boom, hit the head. Now I'm concussed now, right? I'm concussed, I'm in the ocean. I'm in the ocean. Right? And then, then they say, when you get in the water, you've got to, you've got to spit in your goggles. Because you've got to unwipe it because you can't see anything. So I forget all that. I forget spitting. I just... I, I don't now I can't see anything. I'm flapping on. So the instructor grabs my arm. And, and, he, and we swim over to the rope that was going down 40 feet. This is not six feet flapping around. This is 40 feet on a coral reef. So I'm like this. I'm trying to give him a sign language. There's a couple of other signs I could have given him, but I didn't think, I didn't, I didn't go there. So I'm in the water, right? And the instruction was, right? He, he did this, right? Now, for you uninitiated, if, it means you press the little blue button, which deflates you, and the lead around your waist, which weighed more than me, would take you slowly down to the bottom. But you've got to... Well, I'm like this. Can't see a thing. So I pressed the button. I had rope burns on my hand going down. <laughs> Honest to God. The instructor was still on the top. Steam was up there. I'm down on the bottom. Hit the bottom. I'm doing seaweed everywhere. Seaweed. I'm like this on the bottom of the thing. Then they get down to me and he's making all these signs like this. I suppose that means calm down. That's when I began to do some other signs, which I, I, I just, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like this, I'm like this. And he goes, no, no, could I could have killed myself. So I pressed the button again. I went up like Nanu, the performing whale in SeaWorld. Honest to God. And I came out of the water. Then the cheeseburger. <laughs> Wanted our fellowship with the known world. They got, got me on a boat. Everybody had to come up. Steve, put you down there with the octopuses and everything. They all had to come up. And as they were coming out of the water, so the cheeseburger met them coming up. I was coming up, they were coming up, and the two met together. I, I messed up all the instructions. I messed, I made a fool of myself. I could have killed everybody on the boat. And when he got on the boat, my instructor said this, would you like another go? See, that's mercy. The last thing you want to do, the last thing you want to do is trust again. Because you know what it's like to be betrayed and hurt. You've been down there amongst the seaweed. The last thing, the last thing you want to do is get involved in serving in church again. Because you've been, a, you've been rejected and let down by leadership. Am I talking to the right people here? But you know, Jesus comes. And he says, I ain't got plan B for your life. I got plan A. And he says, let's have another go at this. Come on, somebody, are you here? Let's have another go at this. Come on, come and give Jesus a bit. Let's have another go at this. Let's have another go. And you know what? Hey, listen. Some of you are going to make a decision today to serve God, roll your sleeves up, 
term. And do you know what? You're going to go down again and you're going to mess it up again. And you always say, let's have another go at this. And I honestly feel there are people here this morning and, and you think, man, God's got plan B. No, never always been plan A. The problem is not your sin. The problem is your pride. The problem is your hurt. The problem is your lack of trust. Have a little faith in me. That's why I sang that song. I sang that song. It's on my new album, which you can buy out there. All the proceeds go to starving children. Mine. Believe me, I need the money. Listen. <laughs> no, listen. I'm here as a burnt stone. I have failed again and again and again and again. And I've messed up the instructions and again. And I've hurt people and I've let people down. But I'm not in charge of my calling. He is in charge. I'm not. I am still amazed with the choice. And I could say, I could be the first one here to say, I'm not going to Africa next week. Stand up on that stage and preach to all that people when I feel like a hypocrite. I can't, I can't, I can't go on, on TV every Wednesday and Thursday morning, which you can watch on TBN. <laughs> and send in your... Anyway, no, I, 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 I can't say, God, you know, no, no, God says, Ray... You've got no choice in it. He said, I use you in spite of you. Watch this. He says, I chose the base things, the weak things, the foolish things to confound people. So that when people look at you, Ray, when people look at you, they know that your history is like a row of bombed houses. So who's going to get the glory then? He says, Ray, they're going to look at Ray Bevan and they're going to say, well, if God can use Ray Bevan. Do you know, I get so much, do you know, I get stuff on the internet and all that stuff. And people come up to me and say, you, 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 this, this. I say to them now, listen, I'm worse than that. I'm worse than that because I know me. But God knows me too. And there's a factor that we need to get in our lives. And that's the grace of God and the mercy of God. When God says, come on, let's have another go at this. So this is what I'm going to do. Everyone is needed here. Everyone is needed here. And some of you are burnt stones and you've disqualified yourself. Can I ask you uh, to stand with me right now, please? Just keep your eyes right here. I said, that song I sung, Have a Little Faith in Me, on my new album. Watch this. Just a few years ago, I'm saying, that's it. How could God use me? And I'm in my mate's house. I'm in my mate's house. But Bobby Ball, you know Bobby Ball, comedian? I'm in his house. And I'm on a real downer. I'm a fallen tree. I'm a bruised reed. I'm a burnt stone. I thought, that's it. Plan whatever. And he says, all right, cock, sit down there. So I sat on his, on his chair, and he said, Ray, listen to this song. And he played me the song I sang to you, Have a Little Faith in Me. And do you know what? It's a secular song, but it was like Jesus walked in that room, and he dealt with me privately, and he sang it to me. Ray, have a little faith in me. Not you, me. Have a little faith in me. When your back's against the wall, when your secret heart cannot, can no longer speak. Stuff. I want to tell you, Jesus knows where you are and he knows exactly how to communicate his truth to you. Come on, can I talk? Do you know, that, for me it was a song. For you it could be like a picture. It could be a movie. All I know is he's desperate. He's desperate for you to, to, to receive his mercy and receive his grace and say, come on, come on. I want you to close your eyes right now. Holy Spirit, I know that you've been watching over this word. I know that your heart is for the rejected and for the abused and for those who beat themselves up because they feel disqualified because of their mistakes and their sins and the whole thing. But you stand here and you just say, come on, do you want another go? 
grace always says, do you want another go? And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to speak to people who've made a commitment to Jesus. Right? But, but you, you just feel unusable. You've always think, thought that, well, you know, substandard now. No, listen. As one burnt stone to another one, please allow me to pray for you. Receive the grace of God. God says, do you want another go? Do you want another go? I'm going to count to three. And if this message has related to you, I want you to put your right hand up. Keep it up. Okay, here we go. One, two, three. Raise it up high, high, high. Hi, for me to see it. Hi. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay, put your hands down. I want you to leave your seat and come and stand with me. Quickly, I want to pray for you. If you raised your hand, come and stand right here. Let's give these people a massive, massive clap. Come and stand. Face me. Come on, man. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. What sort of clap is that? Come on, man. We've all received them. Come, come, come. Come and stand here. Come, there's more of you. Just come. Come and stand right here. Come and stand right here. Dave, can I have a couple more minutes here? There's some more. Please, listen. God needs all of us. All of us. Nobody is perfect here. Nobody. I'm telling you. If it wasn't for the grace of God, I wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't. But that's it. Is there one more that needs to come? Come and leave. grab a friend if you have to. And come and stand here. God is saying, come on. Come on. Yeah, just come. Do you want another go? Those of you in the front right here, just look at me for a moment. Just, just keyboard. Awesome. Look, it takes courage to do what you're doing, okay? Because some of you are thinking, oh, I wonder what people are thinking. Who cares? Don't be concerned what people think. Rejoice with what heaven knows. And if, you, if, you, if we live our lives according to the opinions and thoughts of other people, we'll never get out of bed. But Jesus looks at you. And he says, come on, me and you, let's do this together. And you're going to mess up and you're going to fail and you're not going to be perfect, but he'll always be there for you. So I want you to close your eyes one more time. Father, you see these people right here? Burn stones. I thank you that right now you are writing plan A on their lives. They stand like Moses did those thousands of years ago before you, perhaps expecting judgment, but receiving mercy. Right now, you are rewriting plan A on their lives. While these people are standing here just talking to God, can I ask you, is there anybody out there and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ? You've never given your life to him. You say, Ray, I want to have faith in Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. I, I didn't realize he loved me as much as he, he loves me. Ray, this morning, this is the day I want to commit my life to him. What I'm going to do. Now, you may even be standing in the front, but I'm going to count to three one more time. And if you say, Ray, please pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want, to start, I want faith in God. I want, God I'm, going to, I'm just going to give myself to him. If that's you, when I count to three, put your hand up. I'll see it and I'll pray. Here we go. One, two, three. Raise your hand up high. High. God bless you right here. God bless you, love. I see your hand. Anybody else? Raise it up. Yes. Right at the back there, there's someone. Right there. God bless you, lovely. I knew God was speaking to you this morning. I really did. God bless you. Anybody else? Raise your hand up high. Yes, God bless you. Fantastic. Wonderful. Father, you see these people raising their hands? Father, thank you. Thank you that their lives will never, ever be the same again. Thank you, Jesus. You're writing their name in your book in heaven. And we give you praise for it.